In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So, looking back into um, my life with all the experiences I've had with my family and friends, and all the specific events that have brought joy to my family and my friends, I can recall that out of all the causes of joy, out of everything that have brought joy to my family and my friends, I would say at the very, very top of the list is whenever they hear good news. Okay, so I could at least speak from my own experiences and um, my, my past with, uh, with my parents as I was living at home. And I, I would say one of the most joyful moments in my parents' life was uh, when I gave them the good news that uh, I, um, I made it to grad school. And so I got accepted to school. And of course, uh, my dad's also a physical therapist, as you all know. So he was ecstatic. And I just saw his face light up when he heard the news. And, um, you know, as, as I look back and I remember sharing with them the news that I'm going to marry Marina, of course, that was one of the most joyful moments in their life too. Whenever uh, I, I came to them and I told them, um, you know, the, the priests and Sayyidina was, um, they were talking to us about consecrating our life into the service and joining the priesthood. And uh, I remember that news, you know, brought them to tears because they were just so happy and proud. But I think we can safely, we can safely conclude that good news is one of the greatest sources of joy. Okay, and so today, as we celebrate the Feast of the Annunciation, because today is the 25th, we celebrate the Nativity and the Resurrection as well, but the readings emphasize the Annunciation. And so you have Gabriel coming to Mary, and he's telling her the greatest news in the world. And he's telling her to rejoice. That's the very first word out of his lips. The first thing he tells us is rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. And so, the purpose of his visit is to deliver joy. Okay? So the first word on his mouth is rejoice. And the purpose of his visit is to deliver joy. You know that the word angel literally means Messenger, Angelus, is messenger. So what sort of message is he delivering? What sort of message is he sending her? It's clearly a message of joy. Just as Gabriel came to bring joy, we as Christians ought to bring joy to everyone that crosses our path. Gabriel was like a source of joy to Mary, right? So as a Christian, we're called to live that very same angelic life. We're called to be a source of joy. We're called to radiate that joy into the whole world. We're called to fill the world with joy. And, and that was one of the primary identifications of a Christian from the very start of Christianity. How a Christian was identified was by the joy that filled his heart. And so, even though St. Paul, while he was writing his epistle to the Philippians, 
even though he was in prison, you find that he tells the Philippians to rejoice over and over and over and over again. As a matter of fact, that word repeats more often in this epistle than in any other epistle. And he's writing in prison. Over 16 times he says some sort of derivative of the word joy. Be joyful or rejoice or have joy. And so, this is our mission. Mother Teresa says, do we realize our mission in spreading this joy, of radiating this joy daily as we go about our daily lives? You know that that Mother Teresa consecrated her life to service. And so in her service, she's always giving, one act of charity after another. What she emphasized was the most important thing to give was this, to give joy, to be a source of joy. As a matter of fact, we're on a mission to fill the world with joy, to fill the heart of every man that crosses our path with joy. And so, she says joy is very infectious. And so, be always joyful. It's contagious, therefore, be always joyful. You know when someone is sick, you stay away from them because you're going to catch whatever they have. Right? Joy is the same way. It's contagious. You're going to catch it if you're around people that have it. And if you have it, you're going to spread it. And so for me to be a cause of joy to everyone in this world, to everyone in my house, my family, my friends, I myself have to be filled with joy. I have to be filled with joy. That's why this is a command. Like I mentioned to you, St. Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. It's not an option. It's not a suggestion. It's not a choice. It's a commandment. So, when I'm not joyful, I am breaking the commandment. Okay? Because this is the standard. Christ came to give us joy. The very, very first miracle that he performed was the transformation of water to wine. Wine is what? Joy. It's, it's at a wedding, a farah, joy. Okay, so you see he starts his, his ministry on a joyful step. The very first mission that he accomplishes is to give us joy. In his resurrection, the very first word that he says to the Marys is rejoice. So from start to end, it's almost like his life is wrapped up in a joyful sandwich. Like the buns from top to bottom are joyful buns. You see that Christ's life is wrapped in joy. And so we are commanded to be filled with that very, very same joy. And so the question must be, how can I be filled with that joy? How can I experience that virtue and share it with others? Now, what I do not have, I cannot give. Right? If I don't have something, I can't give that to you. And so I myself have to have that. 
And that's simply by experiencing the life of Christ. His joy isn't dependent on circumstances. Like I told you, St. Paul is writing to the Philippians, and where is he? He's in prison. He's not bitter. Not at all. He's joyful. Okay? And so, this has to be the experience of every Christian. St. Isaac the Syrian says, If you give something to one in need, let the cheerfulness of your face precede the gift and comfort his sorrow with kind words. When you do this by your gift, the gladness of his mind surpasses even the needs of his body. And so we're called not to, to just give materialistically. We're not just to call, called to give gifts. Especially now we're approaching the season of Thanksgiving. We're going to hit Christmas before you know it. And the gift-giving season is upon us. And what's always on our mind is what am I going to buy? What kind of gift am I going to find for this person or that person? We have this ministry after church today for uh, the children to gather all of the gifts and the toys and, and put them in these boxes. And I tell you, I myself was walking through Walmart and all that was on my mind is what am I going to buy for these children? Okay? And so our mind sometimes shifts materialistically. And unfortunately, that might translate into the actual process of sharing with one another. But the process is not a materialistic process. It's a spiritual process. It's a process of sharing joy, sharing our heart, sharing a cheerful smile. And that's why St. Isaac says, before you even give that very gift, let your cheerfulness precede it. Let a sweet smile precede it. Now, in addition to the condition of our heart and our own cheerfulness, we also ought to share joy through our words. The first, like I said, is for our heart to be filled with joy. It's for the invisible component to be the foundation. Right? Now, as that is expressed, as that is shared, it is also be to be shared verbally in our words, in what we say to one another. The very word gospel, and we're so accustomed to hearing this word, means evangelion. The word means evangelion. That's the Greek for gospel. Angelion sounds close to angelos, right? Angel. Right? So, like angel in Arabic, the word literally means message or news. Like we said, angel is angelos, which means messenger. Right? The word ev that precedes, like the suffix or the prefix for angelion, means good. So, you put it all together, it means good news or good message. Even more traditionally, this word specifically meant news of a victory. Not just any good news, but it was the word that was dedicated for the good news of an army winning in a battle. 
And so when they would come back, they would share the news of the victory. So it wasn't just news of like, hey, it's a good 75 degrees out, you know? No, it's news of a victory, conquering, of having defeated your enemy. And this is the message of the gospel, that Christ has come, defeated death, and gave us life. What better news is that, that I have salvation, that I'm reconciled with God the Father? The person who lives with this realization cannot help but radiate it. Whenever the apostles were walking through the street and you have, you have many people criticizing them, stop talking about all this nonsense and what Jesus said. They said, we cannot not speak. I can't not speak. It's, it's uncontrollable. right? Imagine that you just won the lottery and your bank account just skyrocketed to $10 million. You're going to keep that news silent? There's absolutely no... You wouldn't be able to. No matter how much I paid you, you're going to go around and share the good news. And if salvation is truly worth it, if it's valuable, if it's good news to you, you're going to share it. You're going to share what Christ has done for humanity and what Christ has done for you personally. And that's okay to share our experiences with others, to open up, to share, to share our struggles, to be a source of joy by comforting people and say, hey, I struggled with this, and this is how God worked in my life. We can be vulnerable in one another because that brings hope and joy to others. Mother Teresa says, kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. So often, we undermine the value of a simple kind word. Just one kind word. It can truly change a person's disposition. Mother Teresa was in a car with uh, another lady that wanted to visit the, the convent. And this lady is telling Mother Teresa, I love being in the convent. Like, it's my favorite place in the world. I love being in, in that presence. And so, Mother Teresa asked her, what is it about the presence of the, modest, of the convent that appeals to you? Why do you love it so much? She responded to Mother Teresa and said, because whenever the nuns meet each other, it is as if they've never seen each other. They meet each other with so much love, so much joy. I see the presence of Christ in them. I see they're really in love with each other. Even the greeting radiated to this woman. The way you greet someone with joy has an effect on other people. I'm telling you that joy just radiates. Joy has an indirect penetration to our whole environment. And so this lady didn't talk about what the monks or the nuns told her. She didn't talk about the experience that she had with any of the nuns, but she talked about how the other nuns were dealing with each other. She saw the joy and the love between them, and that spoke to her. They were a source to this woman of joy. They gave this woman joy without even knowing it. 
And so this has to be our effort. We got to work for this. We got to work for sharing the, the joy of the gospel and the good news of what God has done for us. Mother Teresa also says, in spite of everything, we can still be happy, smile, share with others. Take trouble to radiate that joy. Take trouble to radiate that joy. Yes, sometimes it, it's work. Sometimes you're just frustrated with the pile of obligations that you got to take care of. Sometimes you're frustrated with your kids driving you crazy. Sometimes you're frustrated with the deadlines that you got to meet, with the bills that you got to pay, with your gas tank that's running on empty. Right now, I don't even know how I made it to church because I am below that empty dash, right? I did not have a whole lot of joy this morning. But circumstances can so easily rob us of that joy. And it does require a little bit of work to say, hey, that's not my source of joy. This, what's on the altar, is my source of joy. His love, His sacrifice, His body and His blood. So we got to put in a little bit of work. I'm going to leave you with a story from a pastor. His name is Richard Wurmbrand. And in the Soviet communists, he was imprisoned. And during his experiences in, in the imprisonment, he came across a few events that transformed his life, that really spoke to him. And so he shares a profound experience here that is worth sharing with you as well. So he's, he's talking about somebody that he met in the communist prison camps. So he says the first man that he met whenever he started his imprisonment, he says the first man was a priest who was put in jail at the age of 70. Okay, so this old seven-year-old priest that, that he met at the beginning of his imprisonment, he says his name was Siriano. So when they brought in, when they brought in with his with his big white beard and white paint, some officers at the gate of the jail mocked him, and one asked, "Why did you bring this old priest here?" Another replied with a jeer, "Probably to take the confessions of everybody." Those were his exact words. Okay, so they find this priest coming in and everybody's mocking him. What is this seven-year-old priest doing? They say, oh, he's just going to take their confessions. Everybody's mocking them and laughing at this man. He continues to say, the priest had a son who had died in a Soviet jail. His daughter was sentenced to 20 years. Two of his sons-in-law were with him in jail, one with him in the same cell. His grandchildren had no food. They were forced to eat from the garbage. His whole family was destroyed. He had lost his church, but this man had such a shining face. There was always a beautiful smile on his lips. He never greeted anyone with good morning or good evening, but insisted with the words, always rejoice. Like this man, we can all agree, had it rough. This man lost everything. He's in prison. And he's in no condition to rejoice. 
the first thing that's got to be on this man's mind is the pain and the torture that his family is experiencing. Nevertheless, his face, this pastor is saying, was shining. He always had a bright smile on his face. He wouldn't even say good morning, good evening. He would say always rejoice. That's his greeting. So one day I asked him, Father, how can you say always rejoice? You who passed through such a terrible tragedy. He said, rejoicing is very easy if we fulfill at least one word from the Bible. It is written, rejoice with all those who rejoice. Now, if one rejoices with all those who rejoice, he'll always have plenty of motivation for rejoicing. I sit in jail and I rejoice that so many are free. I don't go to church, but I rejoice with all those who are in church. I can't take Holy Communion, but I rejoice about all those who take. I can't read the Bible or any other holy book, but I rejoice with those who do. You see that this man made the joys of others the object of his very own joy. This is how much love filled his heart. Because joy comes to those who are truly unselfish. To him, the joys of others were a cause of celebration. Even though he was deprived of their joys, he rejoiced that they were happy. He says, I can't see flowers. We never saw a tree or a flower during those years. We were never under the we were we were under the earth in a subterranean prison. We never saw the sun, the moon, stars. Imagine how dark this place was. Never even saw nature. Many times we forgot that those things existed. We never saw a color, only the gray walls of the cell and our gray uniforms. But we knew that such a world existed, a world with multicolored butterflies and with rainbows. But I can rejoice with those who see the rainbows and who see the multicolored butterflies. He knew that somewhere out there, somebody is enjoying the butterflies and the rainbows. And so to him, that's enough to rejoice. He says, in prison, the smell was not very good. But the priest said, others have the perfume of flowers around them and girls wearing perfume and others have picnics and others have their families and children around them. I cannot see my children, but others have children. And he who can rejoice with all those who rejoice can always rejoice. I can always be glad. That's why he had such a beautiful expression on his face. That's why this man filled this dark pit with light. That's why this man radiated the joy into the whole prison. Because he himself was full of joy. And he was celebrating for his brothers and sisters out there despite his very own tragic condition. So again, I tell you that just as Gabriel today comes to give St. Mary joy, and he says, Rejoice, O highly favored one. Let us imitate the angelic hosts and be messengers of joy, that God may be glorified forever and ever. Amen.